And I'm going to stop right there. All right. You know what? I was going to let you cook, but... <laughs> I couldn't help it. Okay, so y'all heard of that. It was a M M R S M R M S, whatever that is. It's this thing where people are like talking to you really softly. It's that soft whisper type of therapy stuff. The, what made it really popular is that black woman eating pickles. Mm-hmm. I, hate that. I hate those fucking videos. <laughs> it oh. just cracks me up. I'm like, who is listening to this? This sounds creepy. And then she was eating some marshmallows or some of them. I was like, I can't do this. But I just find it funny that the, the, the white woman who, who has a website has like millions of <laughs> followers. I'm like, mm-hmm. If I can just, uh, she's getting paid because imagine you have like over a million something followers on Facebook. So that means you get not Facebook on YouTube. So you getting all you getting all that glorious money. I'm like, if that's what you got to do to get some money, then whisper away. I I was. Anyway. Well, welcome to Mega Shane, y'all. Uh, yeah. As you can see, we on one today. <laughs> so what's what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well. Um, not too much. It's super hot over here. It's hot. It's like you. Have, it's sad when you have to. You're excited to get in your car because it has AC. And it's also sad that you run into. You only go to the grocery store because it has AC too. So, um, it's it, it's sad over here. Um, but besides that, can't complain. All good stuff. What's going on over there? Oh, not much. Not much at all. It's actually, it feels like fall here in good old Kentucky. Um, I actually finished playing, um, oh, what was that game? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. And Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, you play this woman, her name is Aloy, and she has dreads, which I'm like, okay, whatever, but they look decent. Anyway, um, you are living in this world where these are there's these machines running around, and you have to figure out why these machines are running around. Um, it's a good story. Um, folks can never have too much power, because if they have too much power, then you know fuck shit happens. It reminds me of the book uh, *Prey* by Michael Crichton, as far as nanoparticles running loose or being rampant. Um so it's a good it's a good decent game. It's one of the gorgeous game most gorgeous games I've ever played in the past I don't know, five five years or so. Good lord. I thought Overwatch was this pretty game. Everybody keeps... Is it prettier than that? It's really pretty. Like and they t- uh, pay attention to really to detail. Like if you're in a surrounded by walls or some kind of cave then your voice echoes and it's something that you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't necessarily look for that in a game per se but it's that attention to detail it's the shadows when it's uh a nighttime or when it's sunrise and you can see the sun rays bouncing off Aloy's face or you can see it bouncing off the the water it's gorgeous. It's a really pretty game. That sounds interesting. I need to. I just need to actually try 
video games. I don't know why I'm so scared of them. And I'm not really scared of them. I just feel like I wouldn't know what to do with them. I think, the la- like I, I think I said it before, the last game I was into was Mario Brothers. <laughs> and so I'm going to... Like 20 years ago. Yeah, because my sisters had the game and it was free. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna try it again because I keep seeing all this stuff. And then there was still talk about this Kingdom Hearts because it was a big talk at Comic-Con about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I need to probably just give it a try. But, I think, but see, here's the thing. I feel like, because I hear it from you too, that you get started with stuff like this and then you get caught up. And then that's another, that's some time in the day that you kind of look. Video games are a time sinker. I will tell you that. They are definitely a time sinker. That's what I'm scared of. Because I'll, I'll be up in here. Sorry, 10 o'clock in the morning. Next thing you know, it's 5 o'clock and I ain't got nothing. Change clothes. Took a you got to be careful because you can fuck around and lose in a, a whole entire day <laughs> playing video games. You'd be like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. Ain't even look at X, let alone Y or Z. So you'd be mad when you go back to work and be like, I didn't have a weekend. I just sat on the couch. Which you can just do that too, but still, I don't know. Right. <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. Sounds like it. Well, let's get on into the TV. We have a lot today on the show. We have a very exciting show today. So I'm excited for y'all to get into it. Um, but let's get into this tea because it, it's a lot of stuff that went down um, that we kind of forgot. So let's go ahead and start with them. So this week in Hot Maze Tea, we have everything, especially from the Deadpool sequel. Now, last week we were blessed the beautiful Sazzy Beat as Domino when that picture came out. And I was just. I was just staring at it for a while. I'm like, this is. I was just mesmerized by her and her hair, mm-hmm. and the idea of her kicking ass. And for me, I've read, you know, I've been reading comics for so long, and Domino's present has always been kind of sleek, sexy, dangerous. She's kind of sarcastic. She's Cable's um, right hand. You know, she's also very quick and just fun as a character and then when I saw Zazzy it just it just came full circle for me it was like this is Domino to me this makes sense this, mm-hmm. I just it was just so much and um, more pictures of her came out and I just loved it I loved the video like oh um, he's to it or her eye because you know in the comics you would think that's just makeup but no that's gonna be a part of her and I was just amazed with this and I was like wow this is worth the wait I definitely agree. I I like that they kept her hair natural. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how it wasn't a necessary necessarily a a carbon copy of what the comics were. Mm-hmm. So that's good. I like the. I was thinking that the the discoloration around her eye was maybe her. I, I had a, a weird way of maybe her powers taking a toll on her body or some reason, but I don't know. I, I I like the picture. I I didn't. I had to take a a second look at it because I didn't realize that she was laying on Deadpool. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's just laying on the red carpet, and then I was like, oh wait, that that's Deadpool that she's laying on. There's some cute pictures of both of them 
on set and she has this big smile on her face and was like, this is, I'm feeling all of this. I am feeling all of this. Mm-hmm. It's almost the reason why I'm going to see this movie, really. Just to see her. I mean, basically. Yeah. I'm like, oh, go ahead. I was just going to go to Cable, but uh, finish your thought. No, I was just saying, she's just, there's so much of this character and if she shines through, then I expect a dominant movie. I expect mm-hmm. I mean, they can go with other characters in that sort of universe, too. Yeah. So. I mean, if, they go, if they trying to put out some Black Cat and Silver Sable, which I don't know why they're still doing that, then they need to be like, okay, within well, Domino. Because you know that Domino's going... They need to already know Domino's going to bring in the group. So I'm just like, the fam will be there for Domino. We're already going to be there for Deadpool anyway, but again... They need to think about that. Right. That money and Well, let's talk about Cable. So, the pictures came out, and at first, like, I saw, like, basically the headshot, and he reminded me of, like, Brian Fury from, either Brian Fury or Jack from the Tekken series, but then I saw a full, full body um, shot, and I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. Is not ideal who I want would have wanted to play Cable, but it'll do. And then I saw some of the set pictures, and then he looked he looked bigger in the set pictures than he did in the actual the re- pictures that were released to online. Yeah, yeah, I saw some of the Instagram pictures, and I have to say, James James has all he's always been cute since the beginning, so <laughs> he's been a cutie. And, you know, he gave me a little bit of that daddy vibe with Cable Pictures. I was like, okay, Cable, you can get a little taste. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I I really, I, I still see Stephen Lang. But, you know, I'm going to let that go. Well, he's trapped by James Cameron. He's a villain for four other Avatar sequels. And I'm like, James is the only one who wants those movies. I know. And then you're going to hold up Stephen. No, we all been looking for Steven. And Steven should have been like, you know what? I, I appreciate you. Because why can't he do both? You know, like there's been, you got people doing two different things, you know, three different movies or whatever at the same time. They could have let him go for a little bit and then let him do Cable and come back. I guess they were afraid they could lose him. Maybe that's, mm-hmm. they know that he was a fan favorite, um, that he's fine as hell. And that he would have been a good cable. He but would I'll have. Take, I'll take Jack. He he just looks like cable. He does. When he was taking those pictures, remember he was like, I'll be a good cable. Like, yes, you can. Yeah. And did you notice that cable had um he had a teddy bear attached to his belt? Now is isn't that a reference to something in the comics? Um, a little bit because there is the issue of hope, and hope was at one point when, in the comic world, Scarlet Witch got rid of most of the mutants by saying no more mutants. That was, was in the the House of M uh, yeah. storyline. Mm-hmm. And then it was about um about like a hundred or two or whatever. It's like really there was really not that many left, mm-hmm. and so hope was the first mutant born during that time. And so they it took her uh, cable took her in the future, raised her and she looked a lot like Jean Grey. 
So many people thought that this was Jean Grey returning because Jean Grey was dead. And so they thought this was Jean Grey being reborn. Reborn. Um, and so I think this teddy bear has something to do with with that because he was raised, he raised Hope. Um, mm-hmm. He raised Hope. Well, he also had a son too, Tyler, who turned out to be a little evil. So who knows? Well, this could be Hope. This could be his son, Tyler. This could be a whole different thing. Um, but who knows what this will mean and who knows if this will go into a different universe um, than we expect. Because if you think about it, even though the, the, they are a part of the X-Men universe, they're not a part of the X-Men universe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, is this the way that they could begin a tie-in? Or is this a new way? Because I have this weird belief that it's going to be Deadpool that brings the Marvel universe and, and them together for some reason. I feel like that's going to be what's going to bring them together in some weird way. Right. Yeah, I'm, I I don't know what they have planned. Um, I'm excited about it. Now, what was Tyler's code name? Oh, Lord. I, wow, that takes me so back. Was Ooh. it Strife? No, that's that's his um, twin. Okay. Um, now, Strife is, Strife is, let me get together, because we all know that Cable is, Cyclops' son. It was taken into the future because he was um, attacked or he was given the techno mode virus by uh-huh. Apocalypse. Apocalypse, right? And so he's taken into the future. And uh, what happened was um, they cloned, he was cloned. And I think Strife is the clone. So okay, okay. Is Strife is Apocalypse's quote unquote son? Yes. Okay. And also Nemesis was not really a son, but he wanted to be a son too. So um, I don't know what Tyler's, I have to look that up. But hey, if y'all know, let us know. Um, but wow, digging back, boy, that takes me back to college days. Um, when it comes down to it, um, Strife and Cable are somewhat twins, but they're clones. And um, he one was raised by Cyclops and Jean because they went into the future and raised Cable and Rachel. Rachel, their their daughter from another timeline too is kind of weird, uh, but um, Strife is the clone that was raised by Apocalypse. It yeah, it is a lot <laughs> going on because there's so much this and that and back and forth. So Cable's actual mother is Madeline Pryor, right? Yes. Okay. I'm just trying to get my clone of Jean Grey. Yes, it's so much clone. It is so much going on. Yeah, and Mr. Sinister is involved. So we do remember that we saw Mr. Sinister was rumored to be the villain, and I can't remember which movie. It wasn't it? It was in Logan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Supposed to see him in Logan, we thought, but uh, apparently he was a villain that we were supposed to see in one of these movies. So we could get a taste of Mr. Sinister coming up because when you think about it, Mr. Sinister has a big role in the Summers family. Um, yes. He's the one who made Madeline Pryor. He's the one who tried to kidnap Nathan when he was a baby. Um, he's been involved with the Summers family since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? This may be a great, a great way of introducing Mr. Sinister. 
And Tyler's code name is Genesis. Yes. You just brought me back. Genesis was his name. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the, the timeline, well, the family tree right now, and yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> it is. Because what, Jean Scott was his mom, whoever that whoever she was. And... Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's crazy. It is yeah. so crazy. I tell y'all, the 90s, y'all, if y'all want to read about cable, go back and get some of those trades, because cable went through some stuff. <laughs> he he did. Through some stuff. And so you know he's when he, I'm being ugly. You know when he has sex, he just be letting it out. But I'm just All saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway, enough about sex and cable. <laughs> cable and sex. So what else do we have? Oh, you you had something about the HBO hacks. <laughs> yeah, so HBO's not having a good few Maybe. weeks or so. Um, yeah. So in addition to uh, Confederate, um, they had a hack on Monday, and the hack the hackers they hacked like unaired episodes and also internal data like 1.5 terabytes worth of data um it was also announced that they got internal documents like so i don't know it wasn't really specified what those internal documents were but they got a lot of information from hbo and the company they still don't know as far as the extent of this hack. And I think here recently, the hackers came out with a list of demands or demanding some kind of uh, forms of payment. So, um, HBO's not having a good time at all. And they're still trying to find out exactly what was what was taken. I heard a little bit that there was some emails. There are some personal information of, of the producers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But these hackers, y'all know y'all going to jail. Like, I mean, oh, they catch y'all, y'all are going to jail. Y'all might want to be careful about how y'all doing this ransom because mm-hmm. when you do stuff like that, there's always a trail. So I hope y'all, whatever y'all doing, y'all thinking this through. Because I'm sure they're not to be trifled with, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, so. And yeah, in today's world, like cybersecurity, I mean, usually has to be locked up tight. I mean, we saw with the election how hacking into government files and whatnot, how easy that was, how easy that happened. So imagine just doing it from an inter- going to an entertainment company. It's... And your personal stuff, too. You know how easy it is to hack your Bluetooth or your webcam or shit like that? I mean, that's there's how-tos on how to hack everywhere online. So this, like, this security shit is not something to joke around with. I mean, you can even hack somebody's, like, once you have somebody's personal information, then you have the keys to the kingdom. Well, I hope they get it together. I mean, oh. among other things that they have going on with them, but it's not a good look. It is not a good look. And speaking of not a good look, um, 
So people have finally got a chance to see the the pilot of and basically what we're getting from the fans and for some of y'all on, on, on the tweet that it's garbage. Um, even when they did the trailers and stuff, even the director was saying that he didn't like the trailer, he didn't like this. We've seen Medusa and those Twizzlers, that yakka, whatever she got up in her hair, it looks a mess. It's, it's just not going well. So I think it's one of the, the critics, whatever, one of the... They had a they had a an event where they were talking about the, the pilot, and it just seems that um, Jeff Loeb, who is kind of the mastermind of all of the Marvel TV shows, just was not feeling it, and and basically was kind of saying that he's feeling like Ben Affleck um, when they were kind of coming down on Batman's this. He kind of shut down some of the questions and everything, and a lot of people were tweeting about how that experience was. So I'm. I'm a little worried about this because one, I don't know if we really wanted to see the Inhumans. I didn't think we were, I don't think people were checking for them, but it seems like this is going to be a mess. So I wonder if this may be something that goes straight to video (laughs) or Or something like that. Yeah. yeah, Maybe one of those, it's Thanksgiving. So we're going to show you. Right. The the Thanksgiving uh, day parade is over. So we're going to give you this after the football game, but I was, (laughs) I was personally excited about it when uh, initially the Inhumans was coming to TV because I had never heard well, I had heard of them, but once I looked into like their history and the people's powers, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, let's see what they can do, how they can translate this on camera. And that first, it started out with that uh, promo picture, and I was like, oof. And then that trailer was just like, damn, like, it, it it didn't need to be that bad. It really didn't. And I think um, a contributor to Black Girl Nerds stated that she did an article about people who can do hair, black women that can do hair, movie hair. And it's not that hard to find somebody in Hollywood that can do a good wig. Like you have all that access and all that money and yet that wig looked like that. And we're making it's we're making a big deal because Medusa's powers is her hair. So if it looks like shit, then we got a problem. Yeah, because you know that you're right. That is her hair, and that should be something that is done with the. I mean, that should be the top priority. If you know, you think about the budget. <laughs> a good seventy five, eighty percent needs to go on her hair. The mm-hmm. rest needs to go on lockjaw. Um, whatever his name is, and then yeah, because you know Lockjaw is the the big old dog, and so between them, those two, they need to have the biggest of budgets. And just what we've seen so far, just looks a mess. Um, and I'm not really sure where they're going with this because what it seems on the pilot is they've been around, they are some underground place. I don't know, but I I I want to reserve judgment, but you know how it goes if it just seems to be a mess. Nine times out of ten, it might just be a mess. Right. Isn't it it's supposed to be released to IMAX and then mm-hmm. the subsequent episodes on ABC? I, I don't know. I don't know what's... It doesn't look good. And that's a shame because mm-hmm. according to the comics, the Inhumans were some badasses. Yeah. 
They were. Them and the Celestials. And I, no, Elemental or, or something. It was There were two big family groups that were kind of like this. Cersei is one who is similar to them. That's a whole other comic character. But they come from a family like them. And I just feel like that if you're going to do something like the Inhumans, you gotta, this got to be at top notch. I would have rather had them as cameos in something like the Infinity War, you know, versus mm-hmm. this. But go, Or they could have just did animation. Like, yeah. what's wrong with that? It, just because something... We said this early on the show. Translations between media is not always a good thing. Even though it's done well in comic books, doesn't mean it's going to translate to the big screen or the small screen on TVs. So I guess the, the next possible route should have been animation. I mean, DC does a lot of good animation movies. So what, Inhumans is Marvel, right? Yes. So Marvel does need a good animation movie in its belt. I, I don't I don't know. They didn't ask us, so <laughs> they just don't have to eat that L. But no, I agree with you. Maybe they would have introduced some cartoons first. People could have been like, you know, you know, slowly get like, okay, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready for them. You mm-hmm. know, you think about how um we got the Justice League as a cartoon. People are now ready for it because they've been used to seeing this for a decade. You know, all those are right. To the point where people were th- didn't even know that Green Lantern was a was a white character first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like they probably they could have took that route because Inhumans are not they're not just they're not like a simple group of superheroes. So I think there's a lot they could have done with them, and they could have played them up a little bit more on um, Agents of Shield because Agents of Shield first I think the first couple of seasons really focus on the Inhumans and I think that could have been a way to introduce them more and then spin them off into like see how we like them from there you know like how we had girlfriends and we got a little bit of the game and then the game came right. could have done that and then we'd be like okay I'm ready for it because I, I saw them I, I saw what they were capable of now I want a series well you know you gotta take an L <laughs> What else took the L? Who else took the L recently? All that Rent Boy Man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the owner of the site rentboy.com was sentenced to six months in prison. And not only that, he was fined uh, a couple of million. Oh, yeah. they. And then, but then, which is odd. The judge said that the um, the site did some good as far as getting sex workers out of terrible situations. Because, you know, a lot of young uh, LGBT look to sex work as means of employment to get out of situations or help themselves out of uh, bad situations. So it was odd that the judge said that, but then sentenced him to six months and owed him, ordered him to pay all this money. And a lot of uh, pro-sex workers groups said that this was a, a witch hunt on queer people 
they said, oh, if you're going to if you're going to target a site that is exclusively for gay men, then how come you're not targeting the sites that are just for heterosexuals or something along that line? Yeah, because what Ashley Madison, that's the one that promotes cheating, arrangements.com, sugar daddies, mm-hmm. um, sugar babies. Um, there's plenty of stuff, especially at Ashley Madison. They took, I mean, they're not paying for it, but that's more, but I, I struggle with why this man was called. I thought it, I was wondering, was this anything with embezzlement? What were, you know, what was going on? Well, they said um, he was uh, charged with, um, laundering money money and since prostitution is illegal in new york i mean it's not like it's in las vegas i mean those are the laws but still it's the stigma that all sex work is bad you know it's it's a very it's a complicated subject and the groups did prove a raise a valid a valid question if you're going after after prostitution and these escort sites then you have to go it has to be a blanket offense you can't just target the ones that are geared toward queer men because we have we've had Rimboy here and I I knew someone who was on it um, mm-hmm. and I always thought that they that that they call their own prices. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like if you and I were on there, I would say $400. You may say $1,000. I thought that mm-hmm. we were in charge of what we charged um, for the process. That it wouldn't come back on him. He's just running the site. You know, like, I, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, is he just running the site and we doing our own thing? But does he even, he might get a 15% cut since he's hosting you on the site? I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of confused with why he was caught. Well, not with a cop, but why he was tried the way he was. I'm a little. I get it. It is illegal, but yeah, it's it's a odd. It's a lot to unpack, and we don't have the time, or I don't have the background to unpack something like this. You know. Like I feel like I need to read up on it or ask or ask my friend. Um, but from what I do know, it's my friend would do it. It's because a lot of them did it when it was tight. So if money was tight, they would do it for maybe like a few months. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can, you can, especially the ones here in Los Angeles. These boys be they can make about if you're good. You can make about ten thousand dollars a week, right? Because and just you, because you're you're escorting, it doesn't necessarily mean that you it's automatically automatically going to lead to sex. Yeah, because a lot of times it was fetishes. Like I think with one person, I remember um, talking about it. It was that they they like to see him in different types of socks, um, mm-hmm. or it was. That man who, you know, and I mentioned this today on Twitter, you know, if you, those rich, lonely, older men who just want to have a good looking guy on their arm, they will pay for that. And I'm always like, oh, that's, that's a bit much. But they will pay for that. And, you know, but that I understand means- that, that kind of stigma. Like, yeah. 
I can understand why you want to do that. I can't. I think if I was rich, I'd be like, I'm not paying for something that I can get. But <laughs> but at the same time, I get, I do understand it because you want to, I guess they want to have that image. I guess a part of me is like, yeah, but everybody knows. <laughs> Especially if you're getting somebody who's popular. Because they get like, I had this the other day. Like, you know, something like somebody can be petty and be like, bitch, I had him last week. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. But you're right. They, it wasn't always for sex. It was sometimes for companionship. And for what I was, my friend, he said there was a time where he was paid $800 just to listen to this person complain about work. Yes. <laughs> it's not my ministry, but you know. Go ahead and do your thing. It's not mine, but I will say this. If somebody said, if somebody said, you know, if you just come over to my house and listen to me vent about work for four hours and give me $800, I wouldn't, I would, that's, I only look at that as prostitution. I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll be over there right now. Mm-hmm. Close this podcast up and I'm going, <laughs> and we'll sit right. down. What happened today at work, Bob? And then. Not Bob. <laughs> And then when you leave, you get your eight hundred dollars through Vimo, and then you just you you just drive on home with a smile on your face. Like I got eight hundred dollars today for listening. You know that don't go nowhere in Wayho. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, parking. That is. I wanted to charge some more though. If Bob kept complaining, I'm like, you know what, Bob? I need. This is getting on my spirit. So right, need- Bob. We're gonna have to have like an intermission, so I get some food or something like. Come on now. These prices are going to go up. You're complaining <laughs> and complaining. And I'm like, listen, Insecure is about to come on. <laughs> right. Pay me to help you figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Now you're a life coach. <laughs> Pimp, life coach. You know, all of it can be taxed. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a tax. It's a tax write off. Yes, it is. So we all, pimp, life coach, spiritual leader, whatever, it's all the same. <laughs> oh goodness! What else we got on this tea? Um, oh, so Steve Armel is it, that's his name, or or Arrow? If y'all watch Arrow, his cute self. Um, he's always been a supporter of gay rights. He's always been there. He was on Queer as Folk. He, he was. Them. He was. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't know that. He was, I don't know if you watched the series, but when Brian was, like, trying to train for the marathon, um, he was, like, the spin teacher. Oh, well, I don't remember. It's been a minute since I've watched that show. I caught it one day. I was, like, I was too tired to get up, and I just watched it just to look at it, just, like, you know, to remind myself what it was. And I was, like, oh, that's Stephen O'Neill. But um, he was on Queer's Folk. He's been very queer fan friendly. We all know that. Um, but he went to, I think, Toronto or Vancouver. He went to somebody's um, in Canada. He went to a gay pride. He and went he to was just Vancouver's. Being, yeah, Vancouver. And he was, you know, being supportive and all that great stuff. And then he put up on Facebook. He's like, hey, me and my wife supporting out here. But however, he, there were some haters that was like basically spewing out some hateful stuff. And I'm like, really? And I was like thinking, do y'all not know that this man has always been supportive? Like, I feel like if you were a fan of his, wouldn't you have known that? But right. they were kind of hateful. So he came back and he was like, what's going on? Why y'all being like this? He even made a threat of a, a, 
of sorts saying that, you know, next time I won't just be at the parade. I'm going to march in the parade. <laughs> and what, what I've learned from some of his fans is when he makes, you know, threats, quote unquote, um, he actually goes through with them. He so, makes promises, not threats. He, thinks, like, he could show up. He could show up in a little thong. I mean, he's, he's very cute to look at. I, he is. I don't watch the show. I tried. But he is very cute to look at. That first season was basically... I can't get with that. The first few episodes, I was like, okay, so I'm bored to death. But... Well, good for him. Because, you know, we need more... I'm guessing he identifies as heterosexual. Yeah. We need more people to say that this being gay is normal. You know, so good for him. And I saw some of the comics. I was like, y'all get a life. God damn. And again, you know, it's mostly these these fragile ass men. I'm like, y'all. I don't. I just want to sit in the room and like, who hurt y'all? What is happening? What is going on in your life that you just gotta hate so much? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. That later, but. It's just a mess, but good for Steve, Stephen for standing up and making sure that we know where he stands. And you know what? I'm looking forward for his promise next year. So, you know, fans, hold him to it. You know, if he's going to march, that'd be nice for him to march. If, I mean, we already, I mean, Ken and Tatum, all, they've been on floats already. They've done this. So he can do it too. So hopefully we'll see him marching down somebody's pride next year. But what I don't want to see is nobody wearing some gay swastikas. Oh, God. This. <sighs> okay, so tell everybody what happened. <laughs> this company, KA Design. <sighs> okay. So you may have heard about the, you know, the past, the pink triangle, all that stuff. Apparently what swastikas was supposed to be, I don't know. A symbol of hope. I don't know what's supposed to be. But the Nazis took it over. It has been Nazis for over 70 years. Um, but they want to take it back. It's I, <laughs> a symbol of love. And I was like, bitch, y'all can't, you can't, you can't do this. I don't think this is necessary at like, at all. No. We didn't ask for this. Nobody was saying, we need to take this back. There has been no campaign that I have heard of if anybody want to take it back. I ain't never heard of that. But these hoes went out here, made t-shirts, sweatshirts, a commercial for this. And they and they seemed shocked when they got the backlash. So I'm like, I'm mad because you were shocked. Right. Like, they put the, sh- the shirts on Teespring. And they had well, some of the shirts say peace, zen, and love. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, really? And then, like, uh, some of the people that at Auschwitz Memorial uh, said something on Twitter, along with a lot of other people, and rightfully so. And the spokesperson from Teespring said that they hoped that, uh, to share their beauty of the swastika. We really like the symbol and its shape and aesthetics and would love to share the beauty of the symbol detached from the hatred associated with it. I was like, okay, y'all. Y'all have just, like, 
I don't. I do not get this. I do not get this at all. And since then, the shirts have been removed from the site, which is good because the shirts didn't need to be happening any damn way. Like, I, who are you talking to? I'm like, who? Who in your group said this is a great idea? We're going to change the world. I want to know how that conversation went. Nobody's checking each other. Like, I don't. I don't get that. Especially when you know the background in the history of wearing something like a swastika. And not only are you going to put a swastika on your chest, you're going to make it seem like, oh, it's for gay rights. I'm like, if this was 1944, your ass would be in a gas chamber. And that's, not funny. that's the truth. They I mean, it's the there. truth. If you weren't a blue, uh, a blue-eyed, blonde-haired person, then your ass would have been dead, or in somebody's concentration camps. So I don't, I don't know why they did this. Y'all are idiots. I'm glad that was stopped before you got any further. Nobody asked for this. We don't need it. So, I mean. Again, this was this was this idea should not have left that office building. I don't know who which I learned today. You learn very quick when nobody is here for it. So hopefully you learn from it. Don't do anything else ridiculous like that. Listen, in the words of Ira Madison the third, keep it. <laughs> yes, keep it. Um and then it's it's some more unnecessary drama. So Geek Girl Con is a con that is celeb- that celebrates, you know, women and geekdom and all that great stuff. And it's been going on for a little bit. Uh, but recently, there were some members, I think about five or four of them, that decided they were resigning. And they all volunteered now. Just remember, these are volunteer people. So they're going to resign because they feel like they have experienced racism. Now, when I, I heard this briefly on Twitter when I was going to CrossFit and I was like, oh, what they do? Because they've been really good. They had support from Black Girl Nerds and everything. I was like, what did they do? So as I read into it, I found out that no, that the, the, basically the the directors of the program are women of color. And then as I kept reading, now if you read the initial letter that these people sent out, they kind of hijacked Everybody's email is sent out this day, and they list like there's issues with money, issues with racism, all this stuff, and they feel like they can't go on and had to quit. But then what happened was some people brought up some receipts, and we found out that they are calling reverse racism. So the people who did this or who, who left were all white, mm-hmm. and they claimed that the women of color were were doing reverse racism because they were trying to. They felt like they were not. The women who were running the program felt like you need to know more about diversity because apparently you don't, and you need to know how to handle it. And they felt like they were being attacked. Now, and, and there were several tweets out there, and if you want to kind of get a collection of it, we I think we've retweeted some stuff. Also, check out the Mary Sue; um, they've talked about it as well. Um, 
And we'll tweet some more about it too, so therefore you can kind of see the threads that are out there. It comes down that these people weren't able to really answer any questions when they were, you know, brought to the table about what is this racism? Can you explain what happened? They cannot. So it feels like that these people just did not want to be held accountable and they were whining about it and they cried racism when it really was their privilege at play. You, uh, I don't even know what to say anymore. It's like, why do we keep on having the same conversation? Like, I, I, I don't understand it and I'm losing... Not only am I losing patience, I'm losing words to explain how exhausting it is. You know, like, if you accuse someone as having discriminated against you, you have to have receipts. So, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I really don't. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, but I'm glad that um, Geek Girl Con today, they, they sent out a new message saying that they support the women who are in charge. Um, and it was unfortunate that this happened, but they are supporting the women. So I was very happy to see that. Um, if these people claim, you know, I would like to see more of, I, I need examples, because y'all just kind of put out some mess that already hurt your credibility. But it just kind of made us realize that, you know, you're being, you're doing the white woe-isms. And we're not here for that. We're not here for that. And y'all didn't do yourself any favors by putting out that or give mess and didn't know how to follow it up. Yeah. I'm like, who does that? How am I supposed to be on your side if you can't tell me what happened? You can we can tell you what happened to us, you know, like when somebody says something racist to us. But if you're going to cry racism, we need to know what was said. What did they say to you? What, what what was done? And if you can't express that or you can't really, you know, put that out there, then you need to shut it up. Because y'all just basically, and right. notice these I, folks like, are still We don't house. even know who they are. No, but y'all took, but you hijacked the, the email list. And everything else, let everybody know your business, but you can't tell nobody who you are. I'm like, you can't have it both ways. So no, your credibility is shot. And the more that y'all keep this out and it's still anonymous, the more no one's going to be on your side. Now, you you got white women, you know, those who believe they're feminists supporting you, but they trash too because they sit up here supporting something without evidence. So... You know, y'all can burn and Geek Girl Con, continue your good work. Um, and I, I'm glad in, in some ways y'all learning from this. And I hope when y'all get more people or volunteers or whoever, that y'all vet these people a little bit more. Hell, make them fill out an application. And you know what? If it was me, I'm going to be petty for a moment. If it was me and I knew who it was, I will post not only your names, but your <laughs> pictures too. Be like, um, here's Sally, Molly. Um, Amber. <laughs> um, what else? Scarlet. Here are here's all of them who said all this right. stuff. Now you could add them at blah 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 blah. And then drop the mic. 
That would have been me. And y'all better be glad it was not me because I would have been like, you know what? Since y'all want to be cute, I'm going to be cute back and send an email to everybody to say, here, here are the ones who claim. Now, if y'all want to talk to them, mm, mm, please mm. do so. <laughs> There's no such thing as reverse racism because racism comes from a position of power. Black people and other people of color have not had any kind of significant power in this country since we were stolen and brought to this country. So we can't that reverse racism is not a thing. Y'all can stop all that. And if y'all felt like y'all couldn't, y'all didn't want to learn something, you should have just said, I don't want to do this. That's all you had to say. And you could have left. But y'all made it a big spectacle now, so ready and, and hopefully i kind of hope they will be petty and i hope that somebody's name leak mm-hmm. so they can kind of get that because you know they're gonna get the heat if it's if it is sally yeah you will you will if it's jenny you know whoever it is they will i hope we find out who it is or i hope they kind of you know arm up and just say it was me you know come on do something but don't be armitage about it just Standing around. Hmm. What else do we have? Oh, I have a little bit of video game news. So Overwatch announced actually today, which is Tuesday, that they are doing their... There's new skins that drop. They're doing the summer... Their new seasonal event started today. It's the return of the summer games, which was dedicated to Rio. Last year. Was it last year? Yeah, last year. Uh, so there's new skins. There's new stuff to get. Um, also, in uh, some more video game news, the Injustice on Injustice, the player uh, Starfire is uh, officially, if you ordered the Ultimate Edition, she's available. And she, it looks pretty cool. And I'm going to go ahead and get my my lab work in so I can start uh, fighting, fighting online. But let me tell you something about fighting online. Fighting online on a video game will make you humble as fuck. Because I thought I was so good at fighting video games. The moment I got my ass online, I got my ass handed to me. I was like, okay, so let me go crawl back and not even, let me just actually delete the fucking game. It it was it was just people are it was deep because these motherfuckers came deep? out and chopped my goddamn head off. I said, let me just let me just stick to uh RPGs. Uh huh. So, okay, so you play with other people and then you're battling them and they got and they pulling out these right. skills that I guess you didn't know. This is like, oh, and- my Lanta. <laughs> Lanta. But I'm mad because you didn't just left it. You didn't just cut it off. Like, you know what? I ain't got time for this. I ain't got time for this. You know what? I ain't got time for this. Lord, that is... No, that makes me think about like you in college and, you, and the paper you write. Instead of just deleting... 
the sentence. He like, just drop the whole damn thing. We're like, I'm not saving none of this. Yeah, be like that. I'm starting from scratch. Oh, Lord. Yeah, be like that. Well, I, I, I don't know what to think. I'm mad because you, that just, they beat you to the point you just right. like, you know, I'll, I'll come this back game cannot later. even exist in my presence right well, yeah, you need to. Uh, uh, do they have like uh, rule no books or something? <laughs> you can read them. Uh, ain't no damn <laughs> oh, Lord. What, what was this game again? I don't want to be playing these games. Because my fear, I'm going to get beat up. As They're going to laugh uh, at me. Well, it depends. Because they can you, talk on that, right? If you have a mic and it's hooked like, up. But if it's not, then no. No. Well, see, I'm a trash talker though, so I will probably have a mic and be trash talking to the point where they'll be they'll be trying to find me in the streets in real life. But um, <laughs> I would, I would be really pressed. See, that's why I don't I do it. I was talking smack. I got beat up, and they talking back. See, to that's me. why I don't do it. And I can't do nothing. I'd be like, God damn it! I and they remind you too. And then what if they have a replay of you getting beat up? And then everybody else saw it. Can oh, yeah, people see yeah, it too? Can. Oh, well, then no, I can't do that. Then. I mean, everybody knows. And then I got to come back stronger and harder. And then I might lose again. This ain't, it won't be like Rocky where you get to have another movie to finish the fight. <laughs> I No. No. Because I'll be mad. I will be mad all damn day. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and clean up this tea. And get ready for uh, the King's House edition because we have some two very special guests, and I think you are very much well going to enjoy this next segment. Yes, you will. So we'll be back. Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. All right, we are back. And you guys, we are in for a very, very special uh episode here um we have two ladies one is a returning guest one is brand new to the show i'm going to introduce first jamie broadnecks of black girl nerds thank you for having me on your show glad to be back and we have my personal favorite of twitter my, uh, my auntie um april rain hello everyone so happy to be here Yay. Thank you so much for coming on the yes, show. Yes, thank y'all for being here today. So today, I was thinking that we needed to have a serious discussion. We needed to talk about mansplaining. Mansplaining in all its aspects, and what can we as men do to alleviate and combat some of this craziness that we see all over social media. We see it in workplace. We see it. It's everywhere, and it's becoming more than a nuisance is becoming a very serious issue so i wanted to get uh, a lady's perspective and say how would you describe mans- mansplaining in simplest terms 
And I'll start with April and then Jamie. For me, mansplaining is a man explaining to me something that I already know in a condescending manner because he thinks that he is more intelligent than I am. Jamie? Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, mansplaining is guys wanting to feel better about themselves by explaining definitions and terms that they think that they know. Um, Or if there's someone that's into a certain fandom, for example, like comic books, they'll uh, tell you everything that they know. And when you try to uh, give them an answer as to what you know, then they'll shoot it down with the quickness. And that could probably cross over to geek explaining as well. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I see a lot of it happening in my thread. Um, but usually I don't see other men mansplaining other men. It's usually a man doing that um, to a woman. Hmm. Exactly. And I see it a lot, specifically uh, when we're talking about the geekdoms and comic books and you know the fandoms that we all like i see that a lot particularly with white men talking to black women and black men talking to black women in this condescending manner that i don't know where that comes from because personally for me i was raised with two sisters and a mom i was the only male in the house so they came first and i didn't i came second so you know they I looked up to them, and I don't understand, what do you all think this mansplaining, this phenomenon, what is it, what do you think it's rooted in? Patriarchy, hmm. and, and the, um, the desire to continue what they continue, what they consider to be their supremacy, you know, it, it's them attempting to assert power, um, because they want to look smart. They want to, you know, want people to think that they're smart. They want to have some kind of dominion over you. Um, and it's ironic because 90% of the time, it's stuff we already know. So it's like you're not, you're not actually adding to the conversation. You just look silly and, and you, you know, and you look kind of desperate to center yourself. It's, it's very look at me. Yeah, it's that bravado. Men have to um, prove something to mm. themselves and to other men uh, that they are the authority on this subject. Um, I mean, there's definitely an underbelly of misogyny as well steeped in that. So, you know, there's there's some dudes out there that just don't like women or don't respect women, mm. and they don't care anything about their opinions. Um, so it can be a situation where they're talking to a woman and talking to another man and that other guy knows nothing about the subject matter, is completely oblivious to the, the topics being discussed, but he'll listen to him and care more about his opinions than the woman that is the actual subject matter expert in that conversation. And I see it happening all the time. I mean, that literally happened today <laughs> with, <laughs> with Judd Apatow, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, with respect to the No Confederate campaign. Yes. I mean, there were women of color, especially black women, especially I think all five of us, there are five women, Jamie and I are two of the five that are running the No Confederate campaign. Uh, and I think all five of us are almost 
all of us, um, said something specifically to Judd Apatow, like, you need to get your shit together. Sorry, is this a... Uh, you can say okay. it. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you need to get it together. We're trying to tell you all the things that are wrong. And um, Jordan Horowitz, who is the producer for La La Land, mm -hmm. and, and who yeah. is a very good dude, um, you know, sort of said the exact same things that we were saying. I saw that. And all, all of a sudden, Judd was like, oh, you know, this isn't censorship. You know, and, <laughs> and like he walked it back. But it, after hundreds, because you can see how many, you know, yeah. responses he gives to a particular tweet. After hundreds of responses going, this is not censorship. It was not until a fellow white man hmm. said to him, that's not censorship, that he walked it back. Now, that's not necessarily white-splaining or mansplaining. Mm -hmm. That's just a, a white supremacy patri yes, a white <laughs> supremacy patriarchy kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, right. And speaking of that, because you you kind of mentioned you know the different type of splaining, do you think that mansplaining is the catch all for all this, or do are there other terms we can kind of put into this entire category? Well, there's definitely white splaining, which is mm -hmm. a different, which is different now because like black men let's say, mm -hmm. can mansplain, you mm -hmm. know, so if I'm having, if I'm talking about, if I'm talking about um, getting my period, I'm so sorry, I don't know, I may be drunk, I don't know where that's coming from right <laughs> it now, happens. Hey, you can talk about whatever you want on here, we um, do it, so you, know, you can if, do it too. But if I'm talking about that, and, you know, and some man jumps in and says, oh, you know, your cramps aren't that bad, <laughs> well, what the, you know, like, how what do you is know? your frame of reference for that, sir, <laughs> you know, how, how do you know? So that so that is mansplaining, and, and anybody can do that, right? Mm -hmm. But if you, um, but if I'm talking to someone within my tribe, a fellow black person, mm -hmm. about like the movie Detroit, and say, you know, I walked away from it, you know, not knowing what I'm supposed to take from it because it was very gripping and it was very deep, but it was also very hard to watch, you know, and if some white person jumps into the conversation, a white male and says, oh, but you didn't understand that it was really based on the Algiers Motel, you know, Algiers Motel incident and this, that, that, that would be white swaying, right? It's, it's when you, when you don't belong to the community in which you're attempting to insert yourself, that's how you decide what the preface is in front of the splaining. Mm. So white splaining and male splaining and, you know, straight splaining, I'm assuming, is also a thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. And yeah. geek splaining and Damon splaining. Um, <laughs> I had I had coined the term Damon splaining right after oh uh, Matt yeah. Damon and his comments to Effie Brown on Project Greenlight, where mm -hmm. he's explaining to this black woman what diversity means and what diversity is behind and in front of the camera. Um, so Damon-splaining is this fusion between mansplaining and white-splaining together. Um, mm. And when that mm. did happen, it went viral and everybody started talking about it. Uh, so yeah, when, when those kinds of uh, conversations come into the fold on social media, I use Damon-splaining. And most people at this point know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> right. He never the really intersection of idiocy. No, yeah. he lost the whole show behind that. I mean, how <laughs> did Greenlight went bye bye after yeah. he tried to check Effie? Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, see what happens when he touches that black girl magic now. <laughs> exactly. It's it's kind of sad that I don't know. It, it maybe
I don't know what's where it's really coming from. I don't know if I feel like social media has really just kind of built it up. I'm not sure. Where do you think this is really coming from? And I mean, you kind of already said it, but do you think social media is kind of pushing it forward or or I don't well, know. It's, it's an interesting proposition. I think maybe social media allows you to interact with people that you would not uh, necessarily in your everyday life, mm-hmm. right? So, um, which which can be a, a blessing and a curse. Um, but I think that perhaps um, talking about like male fragility and, and even toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. you are exposed to so many dope people doing so much dope stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if your frame of reference is, you know, your wife or your significant other um, and I don't know, the ladies at your job who may or may not have subservient roles to you and then the folks that you interact with, you know, in, in the retail context then seeing women like run in the freaking world, you know, might be, um, threatening to you and so you feel like you need to assert your dominance on twitter or social media the way you do at home and and that's an extrapolation that may not be what it is but i think if you're not used to seeing women in positions of power and asserting themselves with authority and grace um then you know that 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 there may be something to that Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, think about like 15, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we called them water cooler conversations where you're at work and you're Mm. in front of the water cooler and you're having conversation with your coworkers. That's what we're seeing and witnessing on social media every day, only it's multiplied by hundreds and thousands of tweets and messages that we see either in the form of Tumblr posts or shares on Facebook. So we're seeing all of these amplified conversations, um, but these conversations have always happened. So it's not something that's new or, you know, what's happening now with masculine, you know, um, you know, toxic, uh, toxic masculinity. Um it toxic masculinity has always been around been around since the caveman days um it's just social media amplifies it even more because we're seeing it right there in our face we're seeing posts go viral news media outlets look to twitter look to social media for cues to present news coverage and we see it on our tv screens so it's just in our faces more so just imagine just seeing all of these different water cooler conversations and it's all right there in front of your uh, computer screen. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just amplified more, but it's, it's always been there. Right. And you see it like even from childbirth, the, the, the t-shirts and the different kinds of marketing towards what is masculine for a kid versus what's feminine for uh, a girl. So it's, it's so prevalent in our society and our culture that it has to be in order to somehow alleviate it, it has to be fixed at the root. It can't, you can't put a bandaid on a broken leg. So can you all talk to us about some situations where you had to deal with the mansplaining and the workplace and how, how did you handle it? Cause I know, me, Jamie, and April, we both have a background in law, so I know that that particular workplace can be very male-dominating. 
Um, well, I'll, I'll speak first on this because I don't really have a background in law. I just work for a law firm, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> um, but I do not have a law degree. I, I do reception work, um, and help just file discovery all day. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't really deal with that because I work at a law firm that represents women and um, we mostly have women staff. We actually only have one male on staff. Um, so I'm blessed and grateful that I don't have to deal with those situations. But I've had jobs in the past um, where I have dealt with that. And um, I've even had to go to HR for issues that I was concerned about. So um, that's how I've dealt with it is just, you know, using the channels of HR if you're afforded the opportunity at your job to have an HR department, um, please use them. They're helpful. They will get the job done. Um, most companies, I uh, wouldn't say all, but uh, that's that's just some of the things that I, I've had to deal with. And um, it's unfortunate that, you know, you even have to be put in a situation where you're at work and, you know, your job is, your, your focus is your job and you've got other tasks to um, focus yourself on rather than just dealing with all of this craziness of this dude that's, you know, making your life miserable. But, um, but yeah, I, thank goodness I don't have to deal with that anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't had to do it in years because, um, you know, I work for myself and so I choose with whom I, um, you know, interact, which, which is fantastic. So, um, you know, every now and again, you'll get somebody who, you know, I see it a lot with Oscar So White, you know, with people who want to explain to me, you know, that, oh, well, you know, in the last three years, the Oscars have given, you know, 13% of the awards to African-American people. So you need to understand, you know, what the history is. And it's like, I assure you, like, this is my whole life now. <laughs> There's really, at this point, nothing you can tell me um, that I don't already know because I make it my business to know because I'm going to look stupid if I don't. Um, but, you know, and so sometimes you have to just allow them to say their piece and move on. And it's not even worth, um, you know, checking them on that. And then there are other times when, especially if you know you're going to have significant interaction with that person, that you need to sort of establish some boundaries, you know, because mansplaining will make your life miserable. Um, if you, you know, if you have to deal with that same person or the same topic day in and day out. Right. Yeah, I see it right as of right now, the position that I'm in, I see a lot of men talking a certain way to my boss and she'll just kind of just deal with it and go about her business, not in a way that makes her, she doesn't deal with it. Like she just, I think she just internalizes it and goes about the business, but it upsets me how she deals with it, but you know, I can't. Um, I don't think it's, how do I say this? I don't know how sensitive that topic is for her. So I kind of just have to let her deal with it in her own way. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. You, I mean, you have to defer to the person who is sort of the victim. I hate to use that word, you know, mm -hmm. of, of mansplaining, the person who's being explained to, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, but, but just from what you said, who knows what she's internalizing. And so that may not be helpful, you know, or healthy to, for her to Mm -hmm. internalize and move on as opposed to, you know, but you, you know, nobody's trying to get fired (laughs) either. So, you know, she, I'm sure she probably understands what her boundaries and parameters are, you know, how much she can clap back because I don't know who your boss is, but if she's a black woman, you know, immediately she'll be the angry black woman, right? If, if she says too much, um, you know, and, or, you know, she'll be the aggressive white woman, which doesn't happen as often, but you know, depending. Um, so, it's it's a very fine line that people have to walk sometimes. Right. Yeah. If they get too aggressive, then they'll be called a bitch, and you know all of this other stuff that comes with it. Mm-hmm. So, I, what should we do as men, and that's including gay men, because for some strange reason, gay men don't think they do this, but they do it too. Um, <laughs> as men, what should we do to avoid it? I mean, I know that's a crazy question, but how would you, like, what do we need to do to be like, hey, don't do this? What, what, what would you say to, like, hey, don't do this, and this is why you should not be doing it, or how you should not be doing it, if that makes any sense? Right. Um, I went to a, a conference not too long ago, and they talked about, um, you know, when you should speak up. And they used the acronym WAIT, W-A-I-T, and that stands for Why Am I Talking? Mm. Um, And so this is a little question that sometimes you need to ask yourself. You know, are you adding to the conversation that's happening or are you inserting yourself in the conversation when maybe you should be listening? So that's the first question. If you really feel like what you're saying has not already been said, will add to the conversation that you are actually providing information that's not readily Googleable. Because why would you assume <laughs> that you know if it's on Google and you found it that someone else can't? So that's part of it. And then the second thing is, I think it's really important for those who are in the same tribe as the splainer, so, you know, a black person, if it's black splaining, a white person, if it's white splaining, a man, if it's mansplaining, that you check the splainer. Hmm. Um, you know, you step in as an ally, and I hate that word, and you say, hey, that wasn't helpful. You know, she already knew that information. Why are you, why are you centering yourself when you could be listening? That's really, really important so that you're supporting the person who is the, again, the victim of the splaining, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. Wow. That well said. I mean, that, I think that's perfect just to kind of piggyback off of it. I, as we mentioned earlier, men tend to focus on what other men are saying and will listen to them more than what a woman has to say about a topic or a subject matter. So men, do your due diligence and step in when you see mansplaining happening um, and be like, dude, this is not cool. Uh, We don't need you to add to this conversation. Um, I really love that WAIT acronym. Um, That's something that needs to be, like, put into a meme or something on Twitter (laughs) and and shared. Um, But, yeah, that, you know, you're not contributing anything to this conversation. Or, look, this is, you're you're mansplaining her right now. And uh, this is not a good look. This is very condescending. This is very rude. It's very disrespectful. You need to step back. Um, And I've seen guys on Twitter do that 
very often um, that are, you know, looking out for women out there that are being mansplained too. So uh, don't be afraid to speak up and, and, you know, step up and let these mansplainers out there know that what they're doing is it's not right and that we we shouldn't have to tolerate it it's true exactly now do you all do you all think that this issue will be allevi- alleviated or we can get rid of it mm, no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be completely honest you know are we getting rid of the entire male species? What, what do y'all know? I've been tweeting. What happened? What, what y'all know? No, I, I mean, I don't think so because I think that there will always be men who feel threatened by women. If we're talking about mansplaining, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to whitesplaining or something else, I think there will always be um, someone who, with perceived power, who is threatened by the thought of having to seed some of it so mm. i think they'll always exist unfortunately um but again if there are other their community who speak out at least hopefully it can be lessened yeah i think as long as there are men in power that are emboldened by these men in power then they'll continue to do it like the fact that we've got a mansplainer running our country, right? <laughs> um, so there's a lot of men out there that are emboldened by his uh, his ideas, his mm-hmm. principles, mm-hmm. and they're going to continue to act that way because, well, our president acts that way, so I, I now have that agency to be able to do it myself. Um, but it can be lessened if we have more Barack Obamas in power and, and more people that can set a higher standard and set a good example that, you know, this is this is not okay and that you need to be respectful um, and treat people, you know, just the way you would want to be treated. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a simple principle. I don't know why so many people don't get it, but, um, you know, just respect someone as you would want to be respected. Um, but it does take having someone to look up to um, to allow that to be something that becomes less of a trend. Right. Right. I always go back to would I want to talk to my mom or my sisters like that? Right. Yeah. And some of these guys, they don't even give a damn about their mom, so I don't... Right, and and that's sort of the issue, right? Because, I mean, we a lot of people sort of trot that out with respect to rape culture, right? Mm. Would you want your sister assaulted? Would you want your mother assaulted or what have you? You know, would you say that about, you know, a, a female relative? And it it should be more basic than that. Right. You should it, it. The person should not have to be related to you for you to give a damn. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You should just not want to be a mansplainer because it's the bad thing to do, not because you wouldn't want it happening to your female relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should have to have that additional context for you to be a, a good human being. And, it, and probably a lot of it has to do with home training. You know, some of these guys either um, didn't grow up with a dad that gave them those principles where you need to respect women, or maybe there was a dad in their life that didn't respect women. So um, a lot of people learn by what they see, what they grew up around, the culture that they've been brought around. And um, until that gets resolved, um, you'll definitely see more of that happening. 
Um, but that that has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it it kind of brings it full circle as seeing if you see it in media, then that's what you're going to be learning. So going back to Confederate, if you see these white folks that are enslaving black people yet again, then as we said earlier, people who watch that show, if it will, hopefully it won't come to fruition. If people watch that show, that they will be become emboldened to think that oh I'm in a power I'm supposed to be in a, a position of power so anybody that doesn't look like me is therefore beneath me. Yeah. So that's yeah. Like, that's exactly right. I mean, there are just so many things wrong with the show, right? According to the premise, it's based in the Third Civil War. Now you can check my math. But we've only had one civil war so far. Yeah. Right? So apparently there are going to be two more. So, it's, But they also say that it's based in present day. So already your math is wrong, sir. I mean, carry the one. Where, where, how's that working? <laughs> so that's part of it. The second thing is, let's say it is the third civil war. So you mean to tell me that we have now gone through... Let's say, I mean, you know, we've already had 400, 500 years of this country, right? And we would have to have at least another 50 or something years to get to the Second third World, excuse me, Second Civil War and the Third Civil War. You mean to tell me that I have to believe now that through all of this time, black folks are inferior enough, hmm. are stupid enough, that we are enslaved a second time? Like, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't learn. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like we didn't learn enough the first time that we allowed our behinds to get enslaved again? Yeah. How does that work? Does, I mean, it, it, the whole premise itself doesn't make sense. And yeah. then we can get into, you know, you know, all the stupid arguments about it itself. Yeah, I find it interesting because the arguments I've seen over the past couple of weekends have been about how we have not seen the script. We haven't seen anything. And you're judging it. And I'm like, well, you haven't seen anything either. And yet you're fighting for it. So I'm trying to understand <laughs> what are you, where are you coming from with the situation? And it is very scary because I think of this as slavery fan fiction. That's what it, I see it as. Yeah. Too. I see it as, oh, they enslaved again. Oh, we have another Mandingo thing to watch again. It, it, it's just kind of uh-huh. scaring uh-huh. me that when I think about, I mean, I grew up in the South. And I grew up where the parts of the town were separated. We had two of the same grocery stores, one for whites, one for blacks. And my grandmother cleaned one of them. Um, so I grew up knowing that this is real. And now they're empowered to feel justified in those feelings because of Trump. And then you want to make a show where we show this kind of again. I don't know what, what they want to do. And I don't know why they think this is a, a great idea. And it's scary that HBO greenlit this before seeing anything about it. Well, that's because of the showrunners behind it. You know, these are hit makers. They're, this is HBO's bread and butter. You know, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff. They <laughs> created, well, they didn't really create it. George R. R. Martin created it. Mm-hmm. But they adapted this great fantasy um, fiction story behind A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And 
when it was adapted on HBO, did incredibly well. And it's, I believe, their highest rated show on the network. So at this point, they've established themselves, what we're, I think we're in our seventh season at this point. Yeah. They've established themselves as a, a seven-year, tenured uh, employee of HBO, where HBO is going to be like, whatever you want. <laughs> doesn't matter what you pot, you know, whatever you pitch to us, we're good. We're going to go ahead and green light it cuz we trust you guys. Um so it, it, I'm not that shocked that they greenlit it because of these two. If it was some new producers, some new filmmakers that were coming into the fold, then I'd be surprised, but um you know, they're they're going to be okay with what these two guys have to say. Um but it's unfortunate that People don't understand that the idea of Confederate itself, it being um, a property that is talking about the commodification of black pain, Mm -hmm. of black bodies being abused Mm -hmm. through the institution of slavery, and that we have to see that in this fantasy, fictionalized world, that that somehow is okay. Um, People can argue and say, well, what about shows like Underground? You know, the difference between Underground is Underground's a story about us just trying to get free. (laughs) And I I thought that that was something that was definitely more inspiring to look to than something where, well, this is a modern day thing where we're going to be enslaved. And people don't want to see that because they can certainly just turn on the television set and see that modern day slavery takes place every day when we see state-sanctioned violence happening in cities all across the country, when we see the prison industrial complex, that is modern-day slavery. So I don't need to see that fantasized and fictionalized on my premium cable network that I pay a lot of money for each month um, to be in my household. And, And that's what people have the issue with and who cares if there's not a script you can't make this into something that's fluffy and nice and you know well they were they were treated very well as slaves so you know that's not so bad (laughs) no no nobody wants to see that no right not when you have textbooks in texas or is it texas or tennessee that are rewriting history when they're saying that the slaves were just what uh they called them forget what they called them, but they didn't call them slaves. They called them as if they were, I don't know. It was, Humble it was employees. Crazy how, <laughs> yeah, something, something, something insane. Stupid. Yeah, they they tried to make it seem as if slavery was not that bad and, and, and tried to um, tame it down somehow in these books. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I forgot the name of the book or the publisher, but it was... It was disgusting, it was gross, it was repulsive, and um, that's the problem, you know, because there's never been a healing for our, in American history, for the institution of slavery. There's never been an acknowledgement by the United States that this is something that we, as black people, need reparations on, um, that unfortunately, those wounds haven't healed yet. Right. I I don't think people... I saw a tweet uh, that says it's illegal for people to fly a Nazi flag in Germany. It seems like Germany has dealt with their history. We haven't at all. And I don't 
I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if it's, it'll even happen in our lifetime or... I want my reparations, damn it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with 40 acres, but let me try. Well, just give me the money for 40 acres. I want the option. I keep the mule, but I want my 40 acres. Right? You give me a stallion. I don't want a mule. <laughs> That's interest. That's interest on the reparations. That's what right. that is. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know what it's going to take for us to get to acknowledge that what happened and how it is still affecting us. And it's not as if we're trying to say we're trying to beat up on white people. This is not like, right. oh, you owe us everything. How dare you white up? Well, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it's not that. It's just I, they love to throw that out there. That it is. Yeah. And I'm like, girl, if you. If black people wanted revenge, my goodness, my lord, <laughs> <laughs> we would have already done it by now. I mean, we really, really would have. Done it by <laughs> really. now. I mean, they, you know, because there have been opportunities. I just, I don't think that. I mean, I didn't think we were ever going to have a black president in my lifetime either. Mm-hmm. So, like, all bets are off now. So it, it's possible. But I think the distinction is, as you said, you know, Germany's sort of, Germany's put people in jail. You know, Germany has paid reparations. Mm-hmm. I, the difference here is because in this country, they are still trying to keep the black folks down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that they will ever acknowledge the, the pain and the vestiges of slavery because we're still experiencing them today. You know, nobody likes to admit that they're wrong. And this this is just compiled, right? Because it's a hundreds of years of slavery, not, you know, and I don't want to do oppression Olympics because the Holocaust was uh, unbelievably bad, mm-hmm. right? But, but mm-hmm. that wasn't as long of a legacy. And so... I, I I don't see it happening, but I would love to be wrong on this. Yeah. yeah. I, I was talking to my partner yesterday, and I said it would have to take black people disappearing and everything that goes with it for them to acknowledge it. And but then they, would ha- they wouldn't have to, right? Because to whom would they acknowledge it? That's true. <laughs> They're not, they're not going to acknowledge it to themselves because it's like, oh, well, they're gone. We don't well, really need yeah. to talk about that anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I, I really hope that HBO really, really think about this. Because um, I think that they seeing how everything is played out, seeing how we have taken the social media, um, you see No Confederate. Now No Confederate has a, a, a Twitter handle. I, I hope they really sit down and just think about it and listen. Do y'all think that they will actually take that time to really consider not doing this? I hope so. I mean, I think that this can go, you know, one of two ways, obviously. Either they can dig their heels in and say, you know what, those black women aren't going to be the boss of me and we're going to do this, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and damn it all and, and assume that we're going to go away, which we will not, you know. And, and so that's one of the things that, that we were saying, you know, if we were able to get no Confederate trending both nationally, number one, and number two internationally for over an hour in just three days notice Mm -hmm. just imagine what we can do with a year's worth of time because the show isn't even going to go into production until 2018 or 2019 you don't want us on your back for over a year i can assure (laughs) you so that's one they can say you know what we're just going to do it 
the the other thing is that that they do listen and that's really why we're trying to save hbo some money and some heartache here yeah. because you know that a show like this is going to be you know millions of dollars an episode and we're still going to boycott and we're still going to protest so we're saying give it up now mm-hmm. when you can say you know what we don't have any room in the schedule we're gonna do something you know they can lie and say whatever reason they want to but don't spend any more money on this particular idea and come up with something new um what i'm hearing in very very back channels is i mean you know i it's it's noteworthy that again in just three days time we got a response from the network right Mm -hmm. because if they weren't concerned they would have ignored us Mm -hmm. the fact that they had to respond on a sunday tells you that somebody is listening Hmm. you know we also know that there are going to be some conversations behind the scenes happening with some of the producers so you know we're encouraged by all of that we'll have to see where it goes again you know hbo can just sort of not say anything about this for six six months and then sort of quietly drop it um and think that nobody's going to notice but again we're not going away yeah we're not i mean i think that HBO should just let this thing go because people are upset. If there are people that are upset and they don't want to see this happening, why not focus on your bottom line, which is, you know, home box office and entertainment. And you are trying to keep those subscribers each month. I mean, that's how they they make their money. So I hope that you know, if they decide that they're going to go ahead and green light this, I hope that the response will be that nobody decides to watch it or that they have a very, very little um, audience of folks that mm-hmm. decide to and that because of the low ratings that they, they just have to cancel the series. I mean, I hope it doesn't even go that far. But, you know, people are not going to watch this. And um, a good example is the movie or, or rather the Showtime series Gorilla um, mm-hmm. because they... You know, intentionally erase the black women in that story. Yeah. It's a lot of black women and black women that held the director's feet to the fire about the erasure of black women. And as a result, that show tanked in ratings. Mm-hmm. So, um, Almost you know, that, show. <laughs> that, that may be the same effect for Confederate if, if they don't get their act together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope that this campaign with the hashtag and just everybody writing think pieces about it. I mean, we've got black intellectuals like Ta-Nehisi Coates mm-hmm. and Roxane Gay mm-hmm. doing essays about this. Um, I hope that more of that kind of attention is just going to have HBO think about this a little bit more and realize that it's not worth the effort uh, to greenlight this this idea. The, the other issue um, with respect to the bottom line is things are constantly changing in the TV industry with respect to um, access, right? Mm-hmm. So 10 years ago, we didn't have Hulu and Amazon Prime and Netflix the way that we do now. Mm-hmm. Um, those are options. Right? And that's why, mm-hmm. you know, Amazon dropped the information about Black America, Will Packer's <laughs> show, which is going to show um, Black folks thriving in the South, having, you know, their own country. So mm-hmm. it could be that by the time 
um, Confederate attempts to see the light of day that, you know, the cable company is is broken up and you can choose not to have HBO anymore. You know, you can have the rest of your cable service and say, you know what, there isn't anything left on HBO that I need to see. I'm not going to choose that one. So they really are taking a gamble, not only with this particular show, but what subscription packages are going to look like by the time the show comes to air. And I'm not sure that they're thinking that through. Right. And black consumers, our money, I think, is uh, supposed to top out at like over 1.3 trillion this year. So right. black mm-hmm. consumers dictate <laughs> culture. We do. And that's yeah. in, in every sort of media. So if they don't listen to mm-hmm. what we're saying now, then, like you said, they can pay for it in, in the end. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that, it's Nick. Preventable. But, yeah. It but, is. Yeah. It, you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely preventable. And, and you bring up an excellent point, April, about the options. I mean, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are cutting the cords. So this is just an easier way yes. for people to do it. And I hate the fact that um, other great black shows are at risk because there are a lot of people that are saying that I'm no longer subscribing to HBO because of this show. Um, but I'm a huge fan of Insecure. I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I like HBO. I, I love a lot of the programs that are on there. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be mad at somebody that says I'm going to no longer subscribe because of that show. So they, they really need to pay attention um, to how people feel about this project. People feel very strongly about it. And, you know, you hear the saying, the customer's always right. Maybe in this case, you need to listen to your customer because mm-hmm. um, that, that bottom line at the end of the day, that should mean something to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I also and love that. We need you, other, oh, oh, go ahead. No, I also love the fact that I'm, I'm seeing more white people speak out about this too. Like I've noticed that today I was just looking at it and I'm seeing more white people talk about this and, you know, come out and support. And I'm really happy to see that because at one point I thought I, was, I, I saw a tweet that said that this is, I don't see any other white people or something where they were saying that there's only black people or black women complaining about this. So I was happy to see there was white people also lending their voice to this so they can understand that this is not just us in some ways. I mean, it's great that it is us, but I, I'm glad that there's a diverse voice about this show as well. Yeah, there was when I had tweeted to Judd Apatow um, about his foolishness, <laughs> uh, a few of my white followers my a few of my white Jewish followers were, <laughs> were going in. Yeah, I think I saw some of that. They were like, as a fellow Jew, like, listen, <laughs> I got something to say about what he's saying. Um, but yeah, they completely just, you know, went into his mentions and just gave him everything um, about what he was saying because it was very ignorant. It's just, it's, it's very tone deaf. Yeah. And um, I think that a lot of people, um, a lot of people of color and white people are in solidarity with the no confederate hashtag because they they realize that this is wrong um so yeah that that was funny seeing um all of the white jews going after uh, a <laughs> yeah and, and that's important too with respect to solidarity and you know the word that i hate ally right but mm-hmm. again um you know sometimes you'll listen to someone within your own tribe faster than you'll listen to you know a throng of voices saying the exact same thing so having white folks stand with us you know it is important really for any movement because this is not a binary thing right nobody should want to see the enslavement of other people for enjoyment purposes 
Mm. I mean, period. And and I don't care who you are or what you look like or how you identify. It's just not necessary. You know, if this was the very first slave narrative ever, then maybe if it was done right. But we have so many. I mean, you know, you can name off the top of your head half a dozen different films in the last 20 years, right? Starting with Glory, Mm -hmm. you know, that that (laughs) deal with you know, that deal with enslavement. And so that's the thing. Like, why are Benioff and Weiss given the benefit of the doubt? Like, they are some golden children, and they were going, They are going to have a different perspective that we have not seen before. You know, mm. they say, okay, this one is not going to have whips and plantations, right? So it's going to be a modern version of enslavement. But Let's talk about the logistics. At some point, you're going to need an insurrection on the show, right? Because that's what brings the drama, okay? And then they're going to quell the insurrection, and then the mean blacks are going to have to be punished. What does the punishment look like? Hmm. And how are we supposed to deal with that? Is it going to be one of those things, like in one of those movies where, you know, everybody wears a collar, and if you get out of line, you know, they use their iPhone to tighten the collar around the neck until they die? Like, you know what I mean? If it's not this... But it has to be punishment of some kind to, you know, tell that person you were bad and tell the other people around you, don't don't be like Cephas or you're going to, you know, whatever, or you're going to get it with this too. The, what does the punishment look like and why should we have to live through that? Wow. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Exactly. Nobody wants to see black pain. We see that every day on our TV show, right. shows or on our TV sets and turning on the news. You know, we we see it every day when we're tuning into CNN or MS, MSNBC and see the president just spouting off just this very harmful rhetoric, and um, we don't we don't want to see that. I mean, now they're trying to overturn affirmative action. Like, black people are being oppressed right now in 2017, and now you're going to create a fictional narrative in this time that right now is just, I think the worst of times like the timing couldn't even be more awful on this um to amplify and you know i guess glamorize black pain mm. no Mm-mm. and that's the interesting part too just one i'm sorry one more point yeah. like okay. benny often weiss said that they have had this idea for years mm. years right but it wasn't until trump became president and this bigotry um, and, to- and intolerance have been normalized that they decided mm. that this was a good time to pitch this show. Like, why didn't you pitch it two years ago mm-hmm. during the Obama administration? You were still five years into Game of Thrones at that time. You clearly had the juice. So mm-hmm. why is it that you waited? I mean, I, I find every single aspect of this thing suspect. Bigotry yeah. is in. Yeah, and plus they right. see the money in it. That's money, because they see like it's already madness. It's add to this. Let's get people who already feel a certain way to get into the show. It's, it's, it's it just feels sick. It just feels kind of sick. And there's so other many stories that you can tell. You know, right. you don't have to tell the same old, woe is me, I'm singing Negro spirituals, and I'm bound to gag and have to warm up Master's bed. Like, there are other stories to tell. And Moonlight and Hidden Figures mm-hmm. already said you can... There's other stories. I'm still waiting on my Octavia Butler adaptation. I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> oh, from drunk, the drunk history? Oh, yeah. You know, 
let's get kindred on the small screen or the big screen i mean you're right there's so many stories to be told yeah um why go after something like this that just feels tired and just it's just abusive like yeah there's just there's so much to be told and and you can be creative with it and have some people behind the scenes that are people of color to help create that content i mean i i think the spellmans are just there to really be a crutch for benioff and weiss to make an excuse that this is something that's acceptable um i i hate to relegate you know them to that metaphor but it 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 really is and i follow malcolm spellman on twitter you know he follows me and i i'm a fan of his work on empire (laughs) (laughs) yeah is he not even on twitter anymore i think they're both gone the show both canceled their handles they canceled yeah Hmm. they deleted their accounts so it's it's i mean it's it's unfortunate but you know a lot of people are really upset about this, and if you're willing to compromise your ethics and your values to uphold this this trash, then I I I feel sorry for you. I know that it's got to be hard as a black writer. It's got to be hard as a black producer out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now there's there's better options. Right. You know, there's better options. It's it's. I don't think it's worth the career suicide that could happen, especially as a black writer and producer, like it's going to even hurt them more than it will Weiss and Benioff. Um, but it's, it's, it's just not worth it. I hate to see how they even, if this show does happen, cause you know, they have to try some kind of a queer theme to it. Cause you know, they're going to screw that up. Cause I, if they're doing this to a black story, Imagine if they add the element of a queer characters in there. It's that's very interesting. I'd never even thought about that prospect. But yeah, like, how are they going to deal with themes around homophobia and transphobia right. and mm. queer identity? Because that that's something that's historically, you know, there's there's been stories of that too, um, oh. and and it's situations way back from the Stonewall incident, like, those are themes that obviously will have to be explored in 2017. So I am curious to know how they're going to handle that, um, you know, aside from just the the race aspect of oppression. Right. Because, you know, the Stonewall movie was uh, absolute trash and a mess. Um, What was that? Roland Emmerich? Yeah. Yeah. Completely whitewashed the entire historic incident i'm like girl what are you doing just stick to day after tomorrow and we'll be up just stick to that but uh any final thoughts ladies um i i will say that if you are listening and you um stand with us with respect to no confederate and you don't think that the movie should or the, excuse me the series should see the light of day you can make your own movie you can use your phone or whatever you've got take a 30 second or less video um horizontal please and tell us why you object to no confederate um and then you can send the video to no confederate at gmail.com no confederate at gmail.com we are working with the filmmaker who is going to curate 
all of the videos and make it into a longer piece. So understand that if you submit it, um, your face may end up on TV or what have you, and you're releasing all rights. Um, but we would love to get as many videos as we possibly can um, so that, you know, we're just using a different platform to show HBO how many people um, are against this idea. Uh, don't watch, no, don't watch Confederate if it airs, <laughs> um, continue to use the hashtag. We live tweet it every Sunday night during the airing of Game of Thrones. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Follow the No Confederate Twitter handle. And, um, you know, we just ask that you stand with us. If this is something that you're against and you feel like, man, I, I want to, participate in something I, I feel like my voice isn't being heard then uh we just ask that you stand with us because uh you know they pay attention to what we're saying you know mm -hmm. contrary to popular contrary <laughs> to popular belief like these studios these movie executives these movie producers like all of these folks they pay attention to what is being said on twitter probably a lot of them are already following us so um the more that we're vocal about this um the more it's going to make them uncomfortable and, and hopefully enough for them to just pull the plug. Oh, and let's man. hope they do pull that plug. Yeah. It's, it's it, it don't need to happen. And uh, can you all give your shout out, your social media shout outs um, so everybody could follow you and pay attention to what you're doing next? Um, I, this is April, and you can find me on all social media platforms at Reign of April, R-E-I-G-N-O-F-A-P-R-I-L. Um, I'm on Twitter 99% of the time, but I do have a Facebook account so my mama can see what I'm doing. Um, it's Reign of April there, too, and Instagram, and then my personal website is reignofapril.com. And what are you doing next, April? Oh girl, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I am I am very <laughs> I am very proud to be at the Capital City Black Film Festival, August seventeenth through twentieth in in excuse me, Austin, Texas. Um, it's its fifth year, so if you are in Texas or traveling that way, we would love to have you there. Um, Capital City Black Film Festival at ccbff.org, um, August seventeenth through twentieth. All right. Excellent. And for you, Miss Jamie? You can follow me at Black Girl Nerds on Twitter, or you can go to my personal handle, which is at Jamie Broadnax. I always follow back on that account. Um, what's happening? Universal FanCon is happening. It's a convention that I co-founded with the Black Geeks. Mm -hmm. It's April 27th through the 29th in Baltimore, Maryland at the Baltimore Convention Center. Um, tickets are on sale, so just go to universalfancon.com and get your ticket if you want to check it out. Um, I am traveling to Canada next month for the Toronto International Film Festival, so you'll see me there covering some really cool events, interviewing some really cool people. Um, I'll also be in New York Comic Con in October, and um, I have a book coming out next year, so uh -oh. look out for that. Book. Details will be coming soon, so very excited um, of the Black Girl Nerds book uh, sometime in the fall of 2018. All right. Come on, book! I know what to say, <laughs> book! Congratulations! That's, I know, I that that is cool. <laughs> thank you. That's okay. cool. So excellent, and... I want to personally thank you all so very much for coming on the show. Um, 
I was very nervous about asking you he was. Um, to come on the show. I, listen, I was like, oh, well, what if they don't come? What if they say, oh, I can't. I was just, I was in my feelings here. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes, thank y'all so much. Our I mean, pleasure. this is. I had fun. Yeah. I mean, we're You're big fans of y'all. Why are people, people scared yeah. of us, Jenny? I think we're approachable. I don't know if it's scared. I, I know for us, and we, I we mean, just. I'm surprised because I've been on your show before. We yeah. tweet to each other all the time. Yeah. You guys are fan con affiliates. Like, we're well, family. I know, so. I know, I know for myself, I mean, I admire both of you. And so, you know, you always want to come correct to people that you admire. But it's also uh-huh. the fact that. You are working with great people and you are around great people. And sometimes it's like, you know, looking at what y'all have achieved, it's like, I got to get my game together <laughs> because, you know, they got their they got their resumes in place. Like in th- that notion of get, get your resume together. It's like you got that together. So for us, it's more of like we need to get on that level. And so it's inspiring, challenging, but more inspiring, if anything. Exactly. Well, I hope so. I, th- I think that we... Uh, as black people and women do this as well, um, have this imposter syndrome thing, and I mm. still have it. You know, Me oh, too. I don't belong in the room with X, Y, Z. You know, and I and truly, there there are a lot of times when I um, am not present in the moment, and so I had to go back to my Instagram and be like, oh, you met Ava Duvernay last week, my lord. You know, and mm-hmm. so, right. but but I think we, you know we have to trust that the universe provides and puts us where we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be at any given time you know so you know you have to we're going to get into self-care in just a minute i'm about to hang up but you know you have to (laughs) it has to be you know you have to say you know i am worthy you know of being where i am i am worthy of having this conversation i am worthy of being in this room i'm worthy of whatever is happening this this is meant for me um, you know, and, and I am still working on that. You know, you guys think I'm something that I'm not or whatever, but we got to knock all the pedestals down because I put my spanks on with one grunt at a time like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I, I really needed to hear that. Um, thank you so much. Um, so like always, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Megashing Pod. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor is at Wonderman 5. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Give us a rating, subscribe, like us. Go to Victor's uh, webcomic, Strange Lore. Um, <laughs> let's see. Anything else that we uh, need to address before we get up out of here? Um, no, I think we're good. I think we're good. This was a great interview. So I'm really a great discussion. I'm going to rephrase that. So I'm good. <laughs> I need to go see why my uh, my custom romper's not made, so. Yeah, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so, until next time, guys, take care. All right, everybody, have a good night. <laughs>